Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about commandment number five of the Ten Commandments. We're looking at the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. And with that, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Exodus chapter 20, if you're physically able to stand with us, go ahead and stand. It's just one verse, but we will fill the time, as you guys know. Exodus 20, verse 12. And if you're new to us, we are moving verse by verse through Exodus. But we're taking the commands one at a time, and we will be done in 2032. Just so you guys It reads this way. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You may be seated. Father, thank you so much for this single but powerful Bible verse. Thank you for all of our families that are here together and those who have joined us via live stream. We're grateful for uh, every family member that calls Living Truth home or even those who have come to visit today to be part of a service here. We're grateful. And we're grateful for this command, this clear command, the first that deals with human relationships. And of course, it starts with mom and dad, with a father and a mother and the word honor. And I want to take a moment to honor my mom who's here today, Lord. Thank you for the beautiful mama that you gave me and her faithfulness to me, my sister, and our family. And now uh, the growing generations that are represented here today as well. Uh, She has been faithful. Would you bless her, keep her, and let your beautiful face always shine upon her and give her strength and wisdom. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. amen, amen. Well, you can see that the verse starts with the word honor. And honor is a big deal to God. In fact, it's a word that you're going to find many times in the scriptures, and it's a very important attribute to God. In fact, the word honor in Hebrew is kavod. If you're a note taker, it's K-O-V-O-D, K-A-V-O-D, or K-A-V-E-D, kaved. And it's the word in the Bible used for the glory of God. So whenever the glory of God came down on the tabernacle or even on Mount Sinai, when someone wanted to express glory in the Old Testament, it's the word for honor. It's the word kavod. And in the ancient world, the way that they would determine the value of something is by the weight of it. So this word for honor is literally a heavy word with a heavy definition. It means to ascribe weightiness or value to God and to others. When you honor someone, you are saying to them, you are valuable to me. You are important to me. The way I introduce somebody, the way I pay attention to them, the time I give, etc., all ties back to this concept of honor. And oftentimes when I'm breaking down words for you, I share something, a book that's been written by Dr. Frank Seekins, and it's on the Hebrew picture language. And the way that Moses would have written Hebrew is from right to left, and it would have been in symbols or pictures, almost like the Chinese language is today. And when Moses would write, Dr. Seekins has given us the letters and the definitions. And so get this, this is the meaning of honor or kavod in the pictures. It means to open 
what opens the inside door or what opens the heart of a person. So whenever you give someone respect or honor, it literally opens the door of their heart to you. And think about the opposite because it's always a good way to learn. When you don't give people respect and honor, guess what it does? It slams the door of their heart shut. And this is a good way to be thinking about your relationships. If you have a relationship right now where it seems like the spirit of that other person has closed to you, it may well be that there's been a lack of honor and respect. And the way that you can reopen the the door to that person's innermost being or their heart is to regain that respect and trust. And you might say, well, how do you do that? Well, one way you do it is simply by asking for forgiveness. I mentioned at first service, there's a really old TV show called Happy Days. How many of you remember the show Happy Days? Okay, one of the main characters was the Fonz, and the Fonz wore a leather jacket, and this is kind of based in the 60s at a diner and everything. And he would just say, hey, hey, he was the Fonz. He was, he was cool. Arthur Fonzarelli. But Arthur Fonzarelli had an issue. He was almost like a superhero in the 60s with the slicked hair and everything. But when something went wrong, he couldn't say that he was wrong. So he, he would try. He would say, I was, I was, he couldn't get the NG out. He couldn't do, I was wrong. Right? It was a struggle for him. But when you admit to someone, and I'm not talking about playing games, I'm talking about being authentic. If you are wrong, the way to reopen the door to a relationship where the doors have been banging against each other is to admit that you have been wrong. And I'll tell you what, someone will respect you for admitting that you were, you were wrong and you will reopen the door. You will esteem value to that person. So the Hebrew word for honor is kavod, and the opposite of honor is a Hebrew word called kalal. If you're a note taker, it's Q-A-L-A-L. Now that's the word for dishonor, but it's actually the word for a curse in the Bible. And it means to lightly esteem somebody or put no value to them. So think about the words. Honor means to put weightiness or treasure or value on someone. Dishonor is another way to say a curse, and it means to Treat someone lightly as if they don't matter to you. This is why the word honor is so important. And Dr. Seekins, he writes about this. He says, this opens the door to great friendships, great love, great community blessings in the church. The idea of weightiness. He says, without, lo- without honor, love is entertainment-based. It's how I feel. It's easily gained or lost. It is the delight and enjoyment of a child with a new toy It is also the quick boredom that can follow. This is why our culture is always falling in love with something or someone new, but never building solid foundations for our friendships, marriages, and families. uh, This changes when it's not entertainment, but value that determines our relationship. If I own a perfect copy of a Rembrandt, a famous painter, I will delight in it. I will enjoy it. But I, might, but I might just as easily put it in a closet when I want something else. I treat it by my emotions because I do not see it as having great value. But if I find out that it's an original worth millions of dollars, I would treat it with care, with honor. I would never put it in a corner, but always at the center. 
Human nature and human relationships treat emotions as temporary, but honor is foundational. So the way that we treat the Lord with our time, talent, and treasure, and other people will either communicate value to them or that we lightly esteem them and give no value to them. And this would include the way we invest our time, what we give to the kingdom of God. It all matters. And it all communicates what you truly honor. And of course, God wants you to honor him first. And it becomes very clear to others around us whether or not we place great significance on them. Even the way that we might introduce them to somebody or talk about them can communicate both honor or dishonor. And of course, God wants us to honor him first and foremost. When we close the inner door of a person, it's communicated in the Bible this way. Job said to his so-called friends who were poor comforters, how long will you torment me and crush me with your words? These 10 times, Job 19, one through four, these 10 times you have insulted me and you are not ashamed to wrong me. Even if I've truly erred, my error lodges with me. Proverbs 18, 14 says, the spirit of a man can endure being sick, but a broken spirit, who can bear it? And when we do this, and one of the main ways we do it is with our speech, we either give people honor with our speech or dishonor. We either open the door or we close the door. And I know that a room filled you know, with this, this many people and people watching or who will watch this later, you know, both may be true. Maybe you have relationships where you feel like you are valued and you're, you're, you're able to be really open with that individual because you feel like they know you and respect you. And there's other people where the moment they walk in the room, you close to them because you have past hurts or unforgiveness or resentment that's layered in your heart and glued those doors, so to speak, shut. And so the way that we get back to this is simply by re-esteeming people for the honor and value of that they're worth. I want you to think about what God did in communicating value to all of us. God so esteemed you, and I could even put it this way, honored you in the sense of value, that he sent his one and only son. That's how much he loves you. That's how much value he placed upon you. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross and pay the punishment, the, the, the wrath penalty for our sin. That's the value that God puts on you. And we, we've been learning in the Ten Commandments, we're at number five now, that the commandments can be summed up in this way, that we're to love God with everything that we are, uh, vertical, and we're to love others as we love ourselves. The whole law is based on this. And God has set the tone for it, has he not? And he doesn't love us because we're perfect every day or we've got it all figured out. He still placed great value on us who are made in his image because that's who God is. And the more that you are conformed into the image of Jesus, the more that will come out in your life. It won't always be about what you're getting from somebody. You will just place value on them. Many historians believe, says Riken, that a significant shift in American attitudes towards authority honor, respect took place during the 1960s. Some of you who are here lived through that. It was the decade of the anti-establishment. And brethren, there's nothing new under the sun. Young people at that time were anti-business, anti-government, anti-military, anti-school. But of all the institutions that came under attack during the 60s, 
perhaps the most significant was the family. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael and some of today's top apologists for the Dare to Defend Conference. On March 10th and 11th, these speakers will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's postmodern culture. This year's theme is Keeping the Faith in a Culture of Chaos. Come to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California on March 10th and 11th to hear speakers Detective J. Warner Wallace. The idea that all we have in the universe is random accidents and the laws of physics or chemistry, then we're not going to get to it. We're going to see the evidence differently because our presupposition really colors the way we see every piece of evidence in the room. Dr. Hugh Ross. When God created time, he was a causal agent that brought into effect time, which means at a minimum, he's got the equivalent to move and operate in two independent dimensions of time. Back at Cook. And they would say, are you moving? Did you did you meet someone? Uh, do you have and I'm like, well, actually I did meet someone in Jesus. I mean, they were really stunned. And especially when I got to the part about you know, the homosexuality being a sin, some of my friends really got hostile. Dr. Craig Hasten. Sure, this Jesus thing sounds good, but you know, I know nothing about Buddhism or Islam or Hinduism or Mormonism. And how do I know for sure that I've really got the goods? Lenny Esposito. This one conversation shows how much we've confused the motivations for why we believe something with good reasons for believing it. There's only one good reason to believe anything, and that is if it's true. Monique Dusan. I think the idea that that's funny racism, like they let you into their home and like I was, I came home with PTSD from South Africa and all that. And I think I, I started to really think about like, well, what if it wasn't racist? And Joe Dallas. If you want to punch somebody out and you punch somebody out, you're not struggling with punching somebody out. You are, in fact, punching somebody out. Register for the Dare to Defend conference on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Now, it's a different time. We're 50 years uh, removed, or actually 60 years removed from the 60s. And those of you who grew up in the 60s are now older. And you can see that the young generation is kind of imbibing the same things. And sometimes when they post things about what's happening in our culture, I wonder if they even got the facts straight But what they simply are doing is repeating a narrative that is popular. In other words, it's almost like it's popular just to be against something that, you know, is, was at one time the cultural norm. This is where we are today. And this is why we need clear, uh, defining of a biblical worldview. And of course, the clear teaching of the scriptures. God knows how things work best. And he's the creator and sustainer of us. He made the family. And now the fifth commandment is the very first commandment in what's called the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments that deals with family. We've been over that we're to have no other gods before the God of the Bible, no idols. We're not to take his name in vain. We're to keep holy a special day that he said to worship him. And now the very first commandment on the human side starts with mom and dad. It says honor Put heavy weight or esteem or value on your father 
and your mother. There's other passages in Leviticus that switch it and say on your mother and your father. No matter what the order may be, you get the concept. This is the principle. We're going to look at the principle or the command, the promise. And then I'm going to show you a person that lived this out perfectly. And I'm sure you can guess who it was. We'll talk about that at the end. But let's just deal with the command to begin with. The command is to honor our parents. And by the way, the original command, uh, which is echoed from Mount Sinai to that generation that left Egypt, is specifically taking scripture with scripture addressed to older children, not necessarily the young kids. We walked in today, and maybe some of you were thinking, oh, good, the kids are going to be straightened out today by Pastor Michael. Well, I'm going to give them some of the business, right? But uh, you need to know that every one of us is a child, and the main audience, at least in the Old Testament addresses, is to older children, maybe with parents that are getting older. And if you look at American culture right now, there are societies that are not even Christian, you know, Judeo-Christian based, who do a better job caring for the elderly than we do. And this is really an epidemic in our culture. And one of the ways that we honor our aging parents is to take care of them the way that they took care of us. Shane and I were talking the other day, and you know, he little Melody is our grand, brand new grandchild, and uh, it's such, she's such a blessing. And I just like to rock her and just say Melody, 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 Melody in her eyes. <laughs> Who is this funny looking guy talking to me right now? But anyway, but right now I know with you guys, sleep is you know kind of at a minimum, and uh, there's there's a lot to do. Right there's she's constantly in need, and you think about. You don't, you don't think about it when you're older of all the time that your parents, and especially your mom, put into the, just those needs in the first year of life. Uh, so many demands. I mean, that, that little baby couldn't survive without you guys, but there's a lot of demands. And, and this is something that we don't think about as we get older. And even if you're a teenager right now, or maybe you're just kind of, you know, reaching uh, the adolescent stage, you don't think about everything your parents did for you especially in those early years, and still do for you today. And so the honor is to be given to them. And honor in the Bible is reciprocal. That, that simply means it goes both ways. God says, if you honor me, I will honor you. And I will guarantee you, if you honor someone in your life, you'll get the honor back. Now, that's not why you should do it. You should do it because it's right. But, but the principle is there. And we live now in a time where we would say a lot of honor has been lost. In fact, if you read the Westminster Shorter Catechism, if you read some of the Reformers and the early church fathers, they all kind of said the same thing. That if a person honored God and honored their parents, that would spill over to law, to educators, to pastors, to really any legitimate authority in life. If someone got it right at home, they would probably get it right in other contexts. But when it's wrong at home, then it's very, the chances are very good that they will not respect authority in other settings. Everybody with me? And so this is where our culture is. Paul wrote about it in Romans 121 when he said, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. At the end of Romans 1, 28 through 30, he says, just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do, do those things which are not proper. Now, this is an ugly list, but here it is. 
They are filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, and disobedient to parents. You've been listening to The Fifth Commandment, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael's Ten Commandment teaching series in Exodus chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening to podcast, please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone else you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, you may be wondering, how can I obey this law of honoring my mom and dad, my father and my mother, or maybe you would say my boss, or maybe you would be thinking of a political office. Uh, what if they haven't treated me well? What if uh, you were in a situation where growing up it wasn't pretty at all? Maybe you have a strained relationship right now with uh, – maybe you're older and there's a strained relationship with mom and dad right now or a grandparent or someone like that. What do you do? Romans 13.7 talks about giving honor to whom honor is due. But what if no honor is due? <laughs> I mean, these are real questions that we wrestle with. And let me just say this, that we honor still the office, if you will, the role that someone has as best we can. Now, we don't, we don't want to give false honor, but I think we do our best uh, understanding that we try um, to give grace. You know, in Romans 13, Paul talks about owe nothing to anyone in the very next verse except to love. Love is the fulfillment of the law, he'll go on to say. And Jesus even said to love our enemies. So let me just try to round this out by saying, maybe someone doesn't deserve our honor and respect, but maybe just because of their role in our life, we should give it. If we're called to love our enemies, certainly we can do that. Now, if someone is abusing you or taking advantage of you, that's a different ball game, and there's stuff to be done there that needs to be handled in a different way. But I, I think we all would understand what that line is. I hope we would, and we'd make the appropriate decisions based upon that. This is Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we're going through the Ten Commandments right now. And with each commandment, of course, questions do arise about how we practically live these out. And that was a really good question to wrestle with. And um, if you're new to Walk in Truth, we do have monthly partners that partner with us. They're Walk in Truth partners. And uh, it's been amazing to see how God has raised people up to partner with us. And I'm grateful for each one of you. Just want to let you know, we've been telling you that we're trying to hit 50% uh, listener funding. And as the numbers uh, were crunched a little bit more, we're a little farther away than we thought or had reported earlier. We're actually about $14,000 away to meet the, the goal for the fiscal year, which runs for us April to April. But we've gotten closer and we've gotten more of you who have decided to partner with us. 
And I, I wanted to give some shout outs to those who have done just that. We're grateful for Victoria listening in Los Angeles for your gift of $120. Thank you so much, Victoria. We had an anonymous gift of $5,000, and that is a huge blessing. want to just let you know that the one-time gifts mean a lot, but also the monthly givers, those who become partners of Walk in Truth, that makes a huge difference because we can plan a little bit more, budget a little bit more in terms of uh, new areas, new stations, that kind of thing. And speaking of monthly partners, Walk in Truth partners, we have uh, Linda listening in Utah who committed to $25 a month. Thank you, Linda. Ronnie and Whittier at $25 a month. Heather in Silmar, the same amount. And Leanne from Kansas City giving $5 a month. Hey, every little bit helps, whether it's $525, $500. When you commit to a monthly gift, uh, it means a lot to us and it gives more stability to uh, the commitments that we make on a monthly basis to pay radio stations for the radio time. So perhaps you would like to become a Walk in Truth partner. You can do that today when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. And if you have questions or you need to talk to someone about uh, giving or partnership or maybe you have a prayer request or like to talk to a pastor – We have a phone number available to you for all of the above and much more. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael. So grateful for all of you, all of our listening family. Lord willing, we'll see you right back here for more on the Ten Commandments. God bless. Join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20 about the Fifth Commandment. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.